Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Cricket with an Accent. This is Saqib Ali hosting the show and this is the second conversation where we'll be reviewing the remaining four teams of uh, this year's, which is the 14th edition of the IPL and helping me unpack and make sense for uh, for the four remaining teams is Nakul Pandey of Guerrilla Cricket. He was on the podcast a month ago previewing India-England series as one of the better received show. So I hope Nakul brings more hits and more luck to the podcast. So on that note, hey Nakul, how are you? Good. Thank you, Sakib. How are you? Yeah, that feels like a very long month, six weeks, doesn't it? Yeah, it's been it's been quite a while. Yeah. A lot has happened. And again, cricket hasn't stopped. And uh let's let's get ready to talk about uh the show. You know, some say the biggest show in cricket. So how excited are you? I mean, are you a keen watcher? I know you have some work coming up for IPL this year, so let the listeners know what you're up to for the next seven weeks. Yeah, a lot of commentary, a lot of appearing on podcasts like yours, some some writing stuff as well. Um, yeah, I am excited for the IPL. I think last year's IPL was possibly the best edition of the tournament yet, despite all of the challenges. I think there were so many, uh, so many incredible games. I was lucky enough to be commentating Super Over Saturday, where I commentated three Super Overs in one day. Uh, the the tournament was close throughout. There's some some astonishing comebacks. You saw how close the table got at the end. Um, and an IPL in India with no fans is going to be an interesting prospect for everyone. But I, I am excited for for the for the IPL. I think it's a it's a fantastic tournament. Yeah, it is. And 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 before we get into you know like which team in the X X's and O's, which team got better and which not. So do you think you know like this is still in uh, part of the game where it's evolving? I feel again from my limited lens because I didn't watch a lot of T20. I'm in that small category, but I've been watching it for the last year and a half or two. And again, I'm getting hooked on it. But do you feel uh, overall, I mean, from your lens, overall fandom ship has grown for this cricket because people have realized they're all different formats that can coexist because a lot of purists used to reject the idea of IPL and T20 cricket. But uh, at least in my world, it's making sense maybe because I'm paying more attention in the right way. Uh, have you noticed? Uh, the change, or I mean, not about you, but overall what you see around on Twitter and uh, even in the UK. I mean, there's a few interesting strands because there are certainly people who who on on Twitter and in in analyst circles and in broadcast and, and written circles who do take it more seriously as a sport uh, and, and analyze it in with the same level of depth. There is still, for my for my to my uh, taste and for my mind, far too much of what I call the format wars, which is. Uh, setting the two formats against each other as though they're oppositional, um, particularly with and people conflating the IPL and T20 as well, and then setting it up that sort of purist um, modernist divide. And I think this is true. This is a little bit true on 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 both sides of the of the of the divide. I um I'm, I don't think there's anything controversial or, or it should be such a such a big thing to 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 like and and enjoy and take seriously from a point of view of of watching and analyzing um all, all forms of cricket and and also to 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 revel in the in the silliness and the minutiae and the uh, and the little details that that come up with all with all forms of cricket i don't i don't believe that it's necessarily any less rich for for character and and narrative um i, I do think test cricket is the the greatest sport ever invented but um you know you you're judging but i i do like uh, t20 cricket as well and i don't think those two things that, can or should be mutually exclusive in the way that they are sometimes treated as as such and i think cricket is slowly moving in that direction but um but i think there is um i think there are some false dichotomies set up no i think very well said even even in my little view i think you know i think as a fan and and i'm talking about just me as a fan i think there's an acceptance of enjoyment and you know i'm i'm not yeah, I'm not an authority, but I think yeah, you said they can be mutually exclusive, and you know you don't have to pit them against the other and uh, to to glorify one. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of uh, uh, I think that's a great insight you had regarding you know the formats. All right, so let's uh, open the account here, uh, and uh, the first team on the block for me and uh, is Royal Challenge Bangalore's. Uh, again, this is a team of superstars. Indian captain is also. Uh, the RCB captain. So what comes to mind when you look at, you know, this edition getting started? Like, how have they fared in the auction? I mean, what stands out? 
Uh, I mean, the, the, the RCB, the perennial agents of chaos. Um, you're <laughs> never quite sure what, what's going to happen, but uh, hopefully it'll be fun, uh, at least. There was a couple of years where the Royal Challengers Bangalore were not fun anymore. Um, they went through the sort of Harlem Globetrotters phase where they just bought all... You know, they had um, Virat Kohli at his 220 peak so far, A.B. de Villiers at very close to his peak, Chris Gale at very close to his peak, uh, Telekaradne Dilshan a little bit before, and they were they were a huge amount of fun to watch. Um, and um, that, that season, in 2016, I think it was, where, where Kohli was astonishing, and, and you, you'd see some of the some of the most high-octane, incredible attacking T20 cricket, but you'd also see some of the most inexplicable... Um, collapses then there was a, a couple of years where they were just not very interesting and, and would and would um would fail but in not particularly interesting ways i think they picked up a little bit last year they made the playoffs um in a in a year where sort of where there was a huge amount of um sort of congestion in the middle part of that table and they, and they came came through that i think they in the auction this year obviously they've gone big on glenn maxwell they've gone big on kyle jameson um uh, Mac- Maxwell is a you know he is a Galactico signing uh, to use a to use a football or soccer analogy, um, but he is also someone who does um, fulfill a role for them. He he is an extra hitter, which which is something that they needed uh, an extra attacking presence in the in the middle order to try and take the pressure off Virat Kohli and Ab De Villiers and stop them having to bat so cautiously. He's an extra spin bowling uh, option. I know you know the the history of. Um, RCB and all rounders is not necessarily a pleasant one. I mean, they let go five all rounders, I think, lo- last year. You know, they got in Chris Morris, who should have been an answer or the answer, did okay, and then let him go. Um, maybe they were trying to buy him back for cheaper, but then obviously Rajasthan, who we'll come on to later, um, blew them out of the water for that uh, with that bid. But M- Maxwell, you know, he's hugely exciting. I'm a, I'm a massive Glenn Maxwell fan. I think it's a it's a real shame that he's not had more of a test career. Um, and I think it's it's um it's surprising that it's taken him so long or that it's taken australia to, so long to recognize his gifts in international white ball cricket i'm also a big fan of him as a as a person i think he i don't i don't know him but um i know people who've talked to him and interviewed him and um he he's very open and very honest and very very positive and i think what he uh has done for for opening up conversations about mental health in in current players is is impressive um and then cal jameson um the lust has been taken off a little bit just as he's had a he's had a trickier time in, in international cricket in the last series or so but potentially very exciting um you know six foot eight which obviously draws attention bowls serious pace uh gets gets really awkward bounce can hit the ball a very long way with the bat as well uh and has, has troubled india in the past which i'm sure did his uh did his ipl credentials no no harm um they were just when the auction happened he was just about a year out from from terrorizing India, really, in that in that series that India played in New Zealand, uh, and then there's a there's a few other um, options. Finn Finn Allen, who's come in as a replacement for Josh Philippi, is a very exciting uh, New Zealand wicketkeeper batter. Um, hits the ball 360 degrees, you know, hits powerfully uh, down the ground and in the in the sort of power positions, but also plays uh, behind square very well. Plays those those lap shots and those those ramps and scoops very well. Um, explosive player has done well in New Zealand domestic cricket um actually is possibly an upgrade on on Philippi who's withdrawn from for personal reasons uh and then in the in the sort of less high profile um signings uh, Mohammad Azaruddin not that one the uh another another wicketkeeper batter has had a superb uh year in domestic cricket um and is is a potential option uh, at the top of the order and Dan Christian who you know wins T20 tournaments all over the place um you know, if you're a fan of the Blast, or if you're in England, or if you're a fan of uh, the Big Bash in in the States, you'll, you'll know Dan Christian and his and his work. And you know, a very interesting guy as well as being one of very few Indigenous Australians um, playing high level international cricket, and is an advocate for uh, for his for his communities uh, uh, there. Um, I think in the auction, I think it's a it's a you know probably spent a little bit too much money on some uh, on 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 Maxwell and on Jameson, but you know the economics of the mini auction are are thus and i think they've it wasn't a it wasn't a definite win in the sense that you think they filled all their holes but um they they done they did well and i think there's 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 at least a sign that they know what they're trying to do this year did they get better like in especially in the bowling especially all-rounders or bowling category i mean what's your take because that's been the achilles heel always right yeah the issue has been the death bowling specifically they had power play operators and they had good middle order 
uh, options, a very good uh, good spin bowling department with Washington, Sundar, and Yuzvendra Chehel. I don't know if they've got that out and out death bowler um, who can who is a banker for the for two overs at the death or even three. I mean, in theory, it could be Kane Richardson who uh, was in the squad last year but um, pulled out for personal reasons. Uh, to do with the birth of his child and but is now back in the squad and he is a specialist death bowler the problem is though with the overseas balance and and with de Villiers, maxwell and jameson likely to play uh most games or certainly at the start of the tournament um it's going to be tricky to fit him in kane richardson so they're they're, they're like a lot of teams is that because of the overseas balances they probably if you're picking a um from a point of view of a pure strategy uh and and matchups it's not it's not ideal um so I don't know really if they've got that much better in, in that regard. I think they're still a little bit reliant on um, on bowlers who haven't quite got the the full range of T20 skills, like Mohammad Siraj, who has been superb in 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 Test cricket since he since he made his India debut and the, the, all the stories that came out of the Australia tour, uh, but has not proven himself in 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 the IPL. Had a better year last year, but uh, but has. But is is expensive. Um, Navdeep Saini, who's still developing as a uh, as a bowler in all formats. Um, so I think the answer is partially. Okay, uh, makes sense, uh, and we'll find out more uh, how much sense that is uh, when the game start. But yeah, that, I think that's a pretty comprehensive uh, take on that. So let's go back to Maxwell. He's uh, someone who's polarized a lot of conversations, especially even on my humble podcast. I mean, they have been you know strong views. Uh, to make a case against him and also or vice versa. So wh- where does he fit in the batting order with now Kohli set to open? How do you see that playing out? What is his role going to be? Yeah, that's the interesting one. Virat Kohli said at the end of the uh, in England-India T20 series, uh, having had a good uh, good series that he was going to open, which, um, I mean, could throw the balance off a little bit. Um, it probably is the best option for Virat Kohli, whether it's the best option... Um, for the balance of the side is is another question, but I can certainly see the logic of you know wanting to get the most out of a of a world class player like like Virat Kohli. Um, you would think that Maxwell would slot in there after Ab de Villiers, so he'll be in there in the um, kind of on the card in the in the top five. Sort of um, obviously you'll you'll have a bit of uh, a bit of rotation and a bit of, of floating depending on what stage of the innings that he's coming in at. But he does he is an option in there in the in the low middle order you know that he or the middle order rather and it, and it means that the run scoring pressure is not entirely on Virat Kohli and A.B. de Villiers around an inexperienced set of set of batters because um, last year it was um, you know Aaron Finch really didn't work out they thought Padikal did did well uh, in a in his debut season and they've got Mohamed Azaruddin who is also a, a, as I said and also an opener um, Finn Allen again could could be at the top of the order I mean my my sort of notional first game playing 11 or my sort of tentative one has Coley and Padikal opening with Allen uh De Villiers and Maxwell in the in the top five which is a really exciting top five and I think does uh provide a huge amount of uh of power throughout that top five uh, again it drops off a little bit in the middle in the middle overs but I think you would you would imagine that that sort of middle order engine room, they'll either be three and four or four and five, you'd think, for De Villiers and Maxwell, depending on uh, depending on what setup they they want to to go with. Um, you know, whether whether Finn Allen plays or whether they want to get in uh, Christian in the in the lower middle order, or uh, or indeed Kane Richardson uh, in the or Daniel Sams, I suppose, who was another option as a uh, as a as an all rounder in the although he's not really a a death bowler, and then yeah, I'm not sure who they open with. I think I guess it's between Padikal and Azaruddin, uh, and Allen. So sort of, you know, probably only two of those three can uh, can play at most. And Allen is an opener, but could be uh, could be used maybe at number three, which is where you might have thought Coley would be uh, would be more suitable to bat. So it's a little bit hard to to say from the outside, but um, I think the De Villiers and Maxwell uh, sort of axis in the middle order. Um, Providing huge power and huge excitement um, is um, is fantastic. As, as I said, I'm a big fan of of Glenn Maxwell, and um, I can't wait to uh, to watch him. You know, hopefully, you know, it should have worked last year at Punjab with him and Puran and 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 Gale and uh, and with backing up Agarwal and Kail Rahul. It didn't work out for whatever reason. It happens sometimes, but um, you know, you, you you should be getting excited about watching Coley and De Villiers and Maxwell all in the same team. 
Yeah, sure, that is an exciting lineup, uh, uh, definitely. So let's talk about Washington Sundar. You know, again, uh, there's a tendency, at least for fans and even some analysts, you know, to mix formats. <clears throat> he was seen as a T20 specialist who, you know, uh, played in Australia, you know, in the test matches and the rest has been history since. So, and Ravi Shastri, Indian coach, has said, you know, he's uh, an orth- totally an orthodox batsman. So you think he's, uh, is he batting too, too low in this uh, batting order? I mean, do you, would you see, would you be surprised to see him moved up a bit? I tentatively have him at six, you know, maybe seven, depending on the, again, depending on the balance of that lower middle order, which I think is about right. I mean, there was some talk of, um, you know, Washington coming up to open, which he has done in in domestic cricket. I think his one first class hundred actually in the Ranji Trophy was him opening. And I think he's done it in limited contexts for, for Tamil Nadu in the Vijay Hazare and the Saeed Mushtaq Ali trophies. Um I'm not quite sure if that's correct, but he's certainly batted in the in the top five. And he's a very capable batter. He's not a power hitter, but he's a very good clean striker of the ball. Um he'll he'll you know, if you only saw him in the test matches, he um I don't you probably didn't see the the best of him with the ball. You know, he's a very economical bowler. He's very uh he has a huge amount of control. Um he can bowl he can turn the ball a little bit both ways with with limited change of action. He'll I'd like to see them using him more in the power play, which is something India didn't do quite enough. I don't think when they were uh, when they were using him in the in the ODI and and T Twenty formats um, this this on this tour, and eventually he found himself uh, out of the team. But I think the Washington bowling um, generally in the in the power play and in the middle in the early middle overs, I think is a is a good option for uh, for uh, for RCB. Um, you know, bowls well to both right and left handers. Um, and and he's very very economical. Was one of the best bowlers in terms of keeping the runs down in the whole IPL last year, um, going at close to a run a ball, which is which is uh, remarkable. So I don't think he's batting too high. No, I think the uh, I can see how you would. I think certainly last year, I think they ended up with with that a couple of times. But I don't I don't see him batting above six, which I think is about as high as I'd want for Washington. But but yeah, he's going to be an important player for them again this year. Well, that sounds about right. So let's uh, conclude this conversation on uh, at least the RCB team. Uh, you want to make a fearless forecast how the 14 games are going to pan out? Prediction time. Well, I'm looking at the venue breakdown, which is an interesting one that um, that, uh, that you can bring in uh, this year. I and mean, it's quite a, in, it's quite important to, to note this year that um, teams aren't playing at their home grounds, uh, which actually might be a little bit of a blessing in disguise for uh for for mumbai um sorry for mumbai for, for for bangalore who since since the since the pitch in bangalore has slightly changed character uh and become a bit slower it hasn't really helped their game uh but just looking at the the fixture uh list uh now it's got the venue breakdown in here somewhere uh but they they they're playing a lot more on um on some faster pitches this year bangalore so they, i think it could it could work out quite well for them I think they're definitely in that hunt for uh, um, for for the playoffs. I think they, I, I don't see them being as much of a disaster area as they uh, as they have been uh, in in previous years. I think they I think they will improve a bit from from last year. They were a little bit um, unconvincing at large for most of uh, last year. Let's get the venue breakdown. Okay, they start in 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 Chennai. Uh, a few games in Chennai, then a couple of games in Mumbai. A few games in Ahmedabad, which we've uh, four games in Ahmedabad, and then. Uh, ending the run in Calcutta, so it's really only at the start of the tournament that they're playing on a on a slower pitch. Uh, it's only those those first three games, uh, so I think that actually that actually works quite well for for RCB this year in terms of the, the venue breakdown. So I I think that um, I, I would expect them to be in that in that hunt for the playoffs for sure. Okay, so let's move on to Rajasthan Royals again. Uh... Uh, let's start with Jafra Archer, and we'll get to the auction. How big of a blow is that to to their chances? You know, arguably uh, the best bowler by by you know by many accounts in in this format. Oh, he was he was phenomenal last year, um, deservedly MVP of the of the IPL last year. Uh, took wickets and was completely unhittable in the in the power play. Um, you know, taking the number of wickets he did and going it, I think his power play run rate uh, economy rate in the IPL last year was four and a half and over maybe even less than that it's outrageous um you know he's one of those cricketers you almost need two of um you need him to be able to bowl heavily at the top and at the death and probably in the middle as well i mean that's how that's how that's how good he is we saw him again in in this uh recently concluded england india series how good he is it, yeah I, there was 
a worry that with his elbow injury and with the finger surgery that he would uh, be missing for the whole tournament. It looks like that's not the case now. He, he will only miss the first sort of four or five games. Uh, I think four is what the number that's been that's been given. So that is a you know it's a blow and a relief at the same time for for Rajasthan. Uh, they're they're a curious team, uh, Rajasthan. I mean they they finished bottom last year, but could but threw away a lot of winning positions. Um, I think they're a little bit better constructed this year if anything having no longer having Stephen Smith and Ajinkya Rahane and Robin Uthapa or to who are high profile players to to fit in and uh and not really quite or to as it turns out not fit in because they ended up being lurching between hyper conservatism and 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 and, and really trying to uh and, and hyper attack which was um they never quite worked out what they were trying to do and they were relying on individual performances from Stokes and from Sanju Sampson and a few times famously from Rahul Tuatia. Um, you know, that, that's not really a, a sustainable basis on which to, to build a team. Um, you know, in terms of their batting lineup, you know, will Ben Stokes open again? He did very well at number three for England in this ODI series. Um, I, I, I don't think he is an elite T20 player, but I can certainly see a way, a, a logic for, for opening uh, with him. It does probably mean that Yashasvi Jeswal, who's more of a natural opener, and again, one of these uh, these young Indian players who are coming through the coming through the system, um, come through the under-19s, has established himself in the Mumbai team now, probably isn't going to play. Um, I certainly hope that they stick with Joss Butler at the top of the order. I think it's a waste having him in the in the lower middle order. Um, I think it, it puts too much pressure on him. So, so you know, if you're going in... Are they going in a going with a top three of Butler, Stokes, and new captain Sanju Sampson? I mean, that, that's, that certainly can blow anyone away. Um, I think you, again, have a bit of a worry about the about what happens after that. Um, it's a lot of all-rounders. Uh, there isn't really a uh, a reliable ec- another batting option. It would be Liam Livingston, but I don't really see how they can possibly play Butler, Stokes, and Livingston in the same 11 um, from, a, from an overseas balance point of view. You've got Chris Morris in there as a, as a death bowling option, which is something they really struggled with, someone alongside Archer. Um, and as a lower-order hitter, though, his batting is really a very much a second string these days in terms of those first few games Andrew Ty is a decent replacement for uh for Joffre Archer um you know ideally again you'd play them both in the same 11 but I don't really see how that's possible uh Mustafi Zurekman is another option as a as an overseas bowler to to fill in for those for those games so they're not as badly off as they could have been uh Rajasthan but I think the they are very much. I think their their stronger links are as strong as anyone's, but their weaker links are are weaker than most. And I think they they lack that depth uh, that is going to make them serious serious challenges. I mean, for a lot of these IPL, for a lot of these predictions, I mean, uh, with with the exception of a of probably Mumbai, uh, you're kind of looking at everyone and thinking, yeah, they could make a playoff charge. But I think for for Rajasthan, I think an awful lot has to go right for them to do it. Um, but again, they should be an awful lot of fun to watch. So yeah, from the English cricket lens of things, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's no secret. You know, this time of the year has been pretty sensitive over the last few years, because uh, English summer uh, or home season always coincides with the tail end of the IPL. But with the cricket T uh, Twenty World Cup uh, to be scheduled in India in October, these are like ideal preparation grounds. You know, playing in the biggest tournament in the world or biggest league in the world, then going on for the World Cup five six months later. So from that lens. Uh, how has it been received, uh, uh, fans-wise, in UK? That uh, a lot of these English cricketers are, you know, prioritizing IPL rightfully this year, uh, and probably some of them will give a go of the mini Test series versus New Zealand uh, earlier in the summer. I, it, it sounds like that um, the the line is that if players are being considered for both the uh, the Test series against New Zealand, which is not part of the World Test Championship. Uh, and uh, are in the latter stages of the IPL. They will be allowed to stay on for the latter stages of the IPL. This is, you know, I talked a little bit about the format wars and the fault lines that that have been allowed to develop in English cricket and English cricket journalism and sort of commentariat uh, over the last uh, several years. And it, there's been some of that. It's been some broken of that broken down by uh, along those lines. And it, you know, some people whining about England uh you know prioritizing T20 cricket or seeing um seeing you know this is sort of the thin end of the wedge in in some ways I don't really share those 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 concerns I think it um it, it's arguable I think really only Stokes and Archer 
uh, Stokes Archer and Butler, to, to, no, to be fair, are, are all uh, part of England's first choice uh, Test eleven um, for for sure. Um, and you know, it, hey, it's a moot question whether it's an open question rather whether Rajasthan reached the playoffs this year. So it may become a moot point. Um, and I think it makes sense to to allow uh, their their players who are building towards this T Twenty World Cup in in India later this year to have. Uh, to compete at the top edge, or the top end, and the the leading edge of T Twenty cricket, and I think England have recognised that, and they've been very clear about that in their messaging, that that that's what's going to happen if um, that if it comes to um, players having to playing players having to choose between the latter stages of the IPL and by which we mean the playoffs and that two test series against New Zealand, they'll look to give players on the fringes of the test team. Uh, um an opportunity in that series in in against new zealand uh and then and allow their their best t20 players to to play in the latter stages of the ipl so i think there's there is some understanding of it there's more understanding than there might have been and there's more understanding of the the special circumstances regarding it um and and some people but some people who don't like the ipl and who don't like t20 cricket are are reacting in in a way consistent with that which you know is not a is not a particular surprise but i think there is a little bit more understanding of it um and i think i think it's i think it's important yeah i mean i think it's important not to overreact and not try and not try and join dots that aren't there no i i think there's a lot of points at stake here one is the commitment for the world cup but then the english rotation policy that yumi and bharat talked about six weeks ago uh, I think uh, they are kind of uh, visionaries in this because if things you know stay like this for the next year or two, I think these COVID bubbles and rotation policy, you know, with players' mental health and keeping them fresh for the big events, I think that's a that's a that's a b- big way of looking at things. And uh, England may be ahead uh, in in this way, but then you know, with also you have to balance out you know what the priority is with the T20 World Cup. So were you a bit surprised to see Josh Hazelwood? I know we're going total digression here <laughs> uh, to not play. And choosing to stay home uh, with the big, you know, because I, I don't think Australia's schedule is as busy, or is it as England? Uh, because I know England is playing, I think, with seventeen tests and you know IPL and the T Twenty World Cup. So very surprised, you know, uh, with what I said about uh, Hazelwood's decision. I don't think any team in cricket history has had a busier schedule than England men's have had uh, have had and will have this year. I think Australia's is is almost is almost too quiet. I believe that they don't have a Test match scheduled until the Ashes, which is which is a bit of a surprise. Um, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, I know some people in in CSK circles and around uh, around sort of the IPL circuit have been you know a little bit disappointed that it happened so close to the tournament. Um, which I can understand, but I don't think I'm. I'm not really surprised about a player pulling out of any tournament to 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 stay home and uh, and and rest and and stay out of bubbles. Uh, I'm not. I don't think you can really be too surprised about that. Um, sure. And, so, yeah, so so no, I'm not not especially. I mean, you know, maybe the timing of it could have been could have been better, but it is what it is. Um, and I I understand. Particularly for someone like Josh Hazelwood, who is not an established elite T20 player, might not have played all that much for CSK this year. Um, so much so that they talk about not even not maybe not getting a replacement in. You know, he might have played that game at the start of the season when the South African players and Gidi like in Gidi are on international duty. But I don't know if he would have been in that in that team on a on a regular basis this this year. Um, so that 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 does play a part but uh, even if it, if it were an established name and, and someone who was going to play every game and someone who is a uh is an elite t20 player i don't think you can be too surprised or too critical of players for wanting to uh to spend more time out of out of bubbles this year there's there's a lot of unfortunate choices that a lot of players are having to make no obviously there's a lot at stake emotional and mental you know given given the times we live in due to the pandemic so let's uh come back to the royals so Chris Morris, a lot of money spent there. You already spoke about that when we were talking about the RCB. You think is this a move uh, that could backfire? You think maybe they overspend, but he's he's worth he's worth the uh, you know the amount. I don't really know what worth the amount means. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, in a cricket sense, it's sort of like you know, it's a little bit like football. You mean you know, arguably nobody is worth 
in in any profession um you know 2.2 million us dollars uh, for, okay uh, let, let, let me rephrase if they make the playoff with uh, in an archer less team you know and morris performs so i think that kind of uh, does it solidify the billing i think it's a good signing i think it's it's a signing that makes complete sense on a cricketing level for for rajasthan uh the you know they got and they really wanted him and that's why they kept him with the bidding war when everyone else was trying to push the price up uh, and trying to get chris morris he, you know he has a skill set that is different from a lot of other a lot of players he is a proper death bowler uh he can also bowl in the in the middle overs he hits the ball really hard he's a great fielder he's a very experienced player um proven international cricketer um and with the mini auction there weren't as many spots available there weren't as many players available and so all of those that combination of cricketing and marketing forces pushed the price up and rajasthan wanted him more they had the money to spend um and they 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 went for him and i don't think it's um i don't think it's a huge um I don't think it needs to be a big deal. I mean, the, you know, his his price tag. You know, it's not like they lost out on another player, particularly because they spent a lot of money on, on on Chris Morris. Or it's not like they, you know, they're paying him money that someone else isn't getting. Um, you know, the price tag is only an issue for him if he makes it an issue or if he um, allows too much into that. And I think you know, Chris Morris has gone for big money before, um, uh, in 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 his IPL career. Uh, you know, he got a million dollar contract uh, a few years ago. Um, kind of out of nowhere when he was just establishing himself as an international cricketer. So, no, I think it, it's a signing that makes complete sense. It'll be one of those things where, um, you know, people will talk he's repaid the money if he does well and Rajasthan do well, or he wasn't worth the money if he doesn't and they don't. I, I think both of those are reductive. Sure. So I want to take a deeper dive into Liam Livingston. And you mentioned that, you know, it's going to be hard to see all of them play in the same eleven. But if uh, the the team doesn't have a good start, then you can expect a lot of you know a lot of different lineups and a lot of players may you know, get a look in. But someone who hasn't really followed him besides some of the games that he played against India recently, what is the potential for this bloke? Oh, the ceiling's very high for Liam Livingston. You you saw how how powerful he is, how uh, clear headed he is uh, with his uh, with his batting. He he has a very clear idea of what he's what he's trying to do with his batting. He's a very um, high intent player to use the to use that to use that terminology, um, and has been successful in the Big Bash. Uh, he was this year for the Scorchers. Uh, he has been successful in the T Twenty Blast and in the in the Royal London One Day Cup. And has done well in other in other T Twenty franchise tournaments. He's very you know he's in that conversation now for England as sort of um, you know first reserve or next cab off the rank when players uh, when players aren't available, when players are injured or players are lose form. He's an option for that T20 World Cup squad for sure, um, and he bowls a little bit as well. He bowls a little bit of off spin, a little bit of leg spin. He's, um, you know, the the wicket he got was hilarious in in the ODIs with that ridiculous full toss, um, but that can happen. And you know, he's a tidy option to you know get in a cheap power play over or get in a couple of cheap overs in the middle. Um, but he he is a very powerful player and would be a potential starter in another team uh, in that um, sort of four or five slot. As I say, that sort of third uh that third hitter that third um properly aggressive batter but i don't really i it seems unlikely that butler or stokes will be left out and i don't really um i don't really see how they get livingston in without weakening their uh their batting but he's a good option if someone's injured for sure for sure um you know very good player in the in the wrong team Hmm, interesting and you already said that uh Yes, Jaswal may not get uh, too many looks, and I was looking forward to him making a case. Uh, you know, uh, one of the big, strong bench India has. I think he's uh, full of talent. So let's see how that plays out in that lineup. Yeah, the only way I can see that is if Stokes goes back down into the middle order, and then Jaswal comes in at the top or in the top order, which probably does, which could make sense. But then I think, you know, I understand the logic of wanting to get the most out of Ben Stokes, and probably opening is the way to do that. Again, a little bit like Kohli in the sense that. Um, you know, there's that you're you're balancing two different two different things there, and it's um, it's understandable going going either way uh, there, particularly with the success Stokes has had in the in the top order in in the ODI series. Um, it's just it's just unfortunate, and it's just the it's it's just the balancing act that a lot of IPL franchises have to strike with the overseas balance. So, sure. so this is a team that was uh, at the end of the chart. So, what is your fearless forecast for them? Uh, what can you know turn out in six weeks' time? For their fourteen game standing, where will uh, baby in the pecking order playoff close or not at all? 
close but not close enough. I think the fact that Archer's missing for not the whole season but a chunk of the season uh, is is a is a big factor uh, for for them. Um, the the fixture breakdown's been quite kind to them. They, they've got four games in Delhi, which is not which is not ideal for a for a hard hitting team. But they do have they've got some decent spin options. But then Mumbai, Kolkata, and I'm not really quite sure what Bangalore is going to be uh, towards the end of the tournament. They've got their last two games in Bangalore, but their first five in Mumbai. Um, could even get off to a flyer um you know there there's a lot of power and a lot of talent in that top order uh with butler stokes and sanju samson um interesting i, I i'd like to see i think rian parag is going to have to have a very good season for uh for rcb for rajasthan rather this year um he was a bit underwhelming last year rian parag for all of his talent um so he, he they're going to need a lot from the likes of him and shivam dubey and uh Monon Vora if he if he plays um to uh to just as I say take the pressure off and allow Butler and Stokes and Samson to play in an uninhibited manner. Um I thought Butler was a little bit inhibited at times last uh year, um which which is a waste of of his talents obviously. Um so but I think the fact that they they are missing Archer for a significant chunk of the season means I think they'll just miss out on the playoffs. Okay, uh, we'll we'll definitely you know come back to you <laughs> on this one, but uh, yeah, let's talk about Kings Eleven Punjab. You know, uh, the best of the six eight teams. You know, they were ranked six last year. Uh, had some great batting starts between uh, uh, KL Rahul and then Mike Agarwal. So let's talk about their uh, chances after the auction. Have they better themselves? They let go of Glenn Maxwell. They added David Milan. They also added Shahrukh Khan again. Not that one, but. Uh, <laughs> uh talk about the report card what does it look like uh have they actually gotten better i'm not necessarily sure that's the case with milan i mean he's a you know you know or as we must call him by his full name t20 ranked number one batter uh david milan um i don't know that that you know he's a good player but i don't know that necessarily he fits what that what they wanted i think the what they they have improved the death bowling for sure with jai richardson a little bit of a surprise that they then also bought Riley Meredith, who really felt like the guy you get if you can't get Jai Richardson. Uh, but but Richardson for the Scorchers, um, you know, excellent death bowler, properly quick, very good Yorker, um, can hit the ball a little bit as well. Um, so he he's you know he fills that hole that they really struggled with last year with uh, uh, with with the death bowling. Chris Jordan didn't really work out for them and is um, has never really replicated for for any franchise um, really what he's done for England and Sheldon Cottrell didn't work out um you know they had that great partnership Shummy and Cottrell at the top of the at the top of the innings and then a good good spinners in the middle I think Ravi Bishnoi had a really good tournament in his first uh IPL coming out of the under 19 World Cup but they need Jai Richardson to work um and, and again with, with Davin Milan yeah, he could play alongside Gail and Puran who he'd imagine would be in there and that's a really stacked top five probably a few players out of position or, or certainly probably Milan and poor and both batting a little bit too low um there but then you only really have space for one of uh of Richardson Jordan and Meredith and ideally you'd want two of them uh in 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 the in the 11 um and, and again I think they're they're batting Shadow Khan's had a very good season um in 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 domestic cricket so Faraz Khan is a very talented player um we've got guys like Mondeep Singh and Deepak Hood who have been around for a long, long time. Um but I think the and then yeah. Ideally actually you'd probably have Fabian Allen in there, but again, um, you know, as a someone who um is a wonderful fielder, one of the very best in the world, uh good uh, middle over spin bowler and a and a good hitter of a ball. But again, I just don't know where he fits in to them. So I think there's a huge amount of pressure again, or a huge amount of onus on that top four of Rahul, Agarwal, Gale and Puran to uh, to fire uh, Nicholas Purin's a phenomenon, uh, a wonderful player uh, to watch. Chris Gale is Chris Gale. Um, you know, again, he's probably, you know, he'll win you some games, probably not as many as he would have done in his pomp, but he's still, uh, still a T Twenty legend. I think they, they need all. They need sorry. They need they need more from Kaylor Rahul. They need him to, um, you know, he didn't help himself last year, saying that strike rate is irrelevant and all of this stuff. You know, he really slowed down badly after the after the power play and and put a lot of pressure on Puran to, to to do all of the all of the power hitting um and so they ended up in that so that game they they ended up going to a super over there's no way on earth they, it should have lasted that long where uh Rahul was uh, was going so slowly um after the after the power play Ogilval to a slightly lesser 
extent so they need that little bit more intent i think at the at the top of the of the order sorry uh, saki if you wanted to talk about chris gale no no my bad i was trying to you know get in there yeah so couldn't so do you see him play a full season because last year uh, he didn't you know come into the 11 till i think what midpoint or maybe slightly later is that correct yeah that's right um well they so they tried to get in him and maxwell and and puran and have gale in at number uh, number three or then oh and maxwell was left out a few times um and it did work and, and gale was um surprisingly effective at number three which is not a position he's played a lot in in his t20 international career usually he's a uh he's a slow start and an explode opener um and this is why the the issue with David Milan. I mean, Kael Rahul is such a curious cricketer. When we talked about, I've talked about his, you know, start very quickly and then slow down um, game plan or or weakness or whatever you might want to call it in the IPL last year. But then in, for India recently, he's been the complete opposite, uh, where he's started a little bit scratchily and then become really fluent, um, as we saw in the ODI and T Twenty. Uh, well, more the ODI series really, um, and through 2020 in the in his role in the middle order in the middle order, um, in the ODI setup. So it, it it's it's odd to it's interesting to see how he's going to go this year and which approach he's going to take. Dav Milan is you know it, it's almost become a running joke that you know he'll be 15 or 15 or, or whatever, and then we'll then we'll explode. And he's done it superbly um, for for England, but he. Um, but it does put a lot of pressure on him and on himself and can put a lot of pressure on his team when it doesn't work out. And he's another one like Jordan, who uh, has been performing far better for England than he has for uh, in in franchise cricket. And given how much more franchise cricket is played, a lot of analysts see a potential reversion to the mean. So it's a, it's a curious one for mm. uh, for that. I mean, they didn't spend a huge amount of money on Darwin Milan, 1.5 crore only um so it's not um an expensive um outlay in that in that sense um you know maybe they fit him in and go for a really stacked top five and then and then rely on probably jai richardson to do a lot of the heavy lifting um and again you're, you're looking at you know some of the the weaker links or the the players filling the spots in the 11 to stand up ishan porel the left arm uh, left arm quick he's been part of the india under 19 setup and has only just come back from injury didn't have much of a season last year uh could be could be important uh Ashdeep Singh who was promising last year in a limited context uh M Ashwin uh doing that partnership with with Ravi Bishnoi um and then you know whoever plays out of Shahrukh and Safraz Khan probably possibly Shahrukh um so there's if if everything works there's the making of a good team but there's a lot of uh but again it's very much this team will um, is putting a lot on on its star players um they're, they're in that sort of they're in the similar I'd, I'd put them in a similar category to to Rajasthan I think they've had a better auction than, than Rajasthan but again they probably can't fit all of their best players into the same team sure so again a digression but I think a relevant digression let's just save a thought for Mayank Agarwal you know like who's pretty much lost his I think Indian opening spot in test matches uh after he had an incredible IPL uh, so talk, talk about, you know, that kind of, a you know, transition when a player performs in one format and, you know, a lot of people believe his uh, backlift or technical adjustment uh, is, is the main factor why, you know, he struggled in Australia. So did you, do you see it similarly or, you know, that's a price modern day cricketers have to pay when they keep tinkering with their game uh, and trying to play all formats and, you know, there's, there's bound to be a casualty in his case uh, was against a very, you know, highly rated Australian uh, bowling attack and you know he's not in the test playing 11 as for now well I mean part of the reason he's also not in that 11 is um you know Rohit Sharma got fit again Shubman Gill has been um promising although you know his development has stalled a little bit or he's not kicked on as quickly I mean you know he's only played a very few test matches so I mean there's a lot of competition in that in that top order for for India and still not really a um a, a dedicated or, or steady I like Mayan Kagarwal. I like watching him play. I mean, he's he's done it um, through sheer weight of runs at all levels of domestic cricket in India A. Um, so th- there's no doubt that he can that he can play. Uh, and and I, I I do think again, you know, his his test form and his test approach is of limited uh, value and of limited relevance to to his to how he'll go in the IPL. You know, he. Uh, he hits the ball in different areas to KL Rahul. He hits much, but he hits very well square of the wicket. He's very good against the spinners coming down the track and hitting, hitting back over the bowler's head. Um, and he was able to be a little bit more 
he was able to keep that aggression going more further through the innings than than KL Rahul um was i mean even though rahul you know ended up with the with the purple cap uh, last year for the for the most runs scored uh so i, I think they they work well as a combination together uh kl rahul and my and my uncle i just like as i say i'd like kl to to back himself a little bit more and to show a little bit more intent um early because you know they can set teams up uh, they can set scores up really well uh for for gale and Pudin uh and and milan if he uh if he does end up end up playing um so the psychology of it is interesting, but I, I hope that um, you know he is getting the right advice and is and is um, strong enough to know you know I I have to keep whatever happens I have to keep performing and at whatever chance I'm I, I'm given um, and almost you you almost have to put the India selection out of your mind because um, you know I, I think it's it's not going to help you I don't think in in that circumstance to be too too focused on the on the consequences of uh, uh, of what happens. Sure. No, and I'm sure you're absolutely right. At this level, these guys, you know, are so mentally strong and driven and focused, and they know what to and how to compartmentalize all these formats and and the tasks. So let's talk about Mohammad Shami. He hasn't played in for a while. Uh, how do you see him? Do you see him as a leader of this attack? And how valuable will he be for them to you know uh, make a run to the playoff, improve on that six six eight standing from last year? Yeah, I mean, on the standings, you know, it was sixth to eighth. We're only separated on net run rate. Um, so it wasn't exactly, um, you know, there's a danger of reading a little bit too much into uh, into sample sizes. Um, there it was a ridiculously close tournament last year, which is why it was so exciting. Um, you know, Kings Eleven losing, lost a few games from, from absurd positions. Um, for sure. Um yeah, I mean Mohammed Shami coming back for from from a fitness from a fitness issue from an injury which has happened to him before. Power play wickets are gold dust in in T20 cricket. It's it's something that um a lot of a lot of people will have heard the if you take 3 wickets in the power play uh you have a somewhere between 70 and 80% chance of winning the game. Uh and a couple of times that happened for you know Shami was lethal at, at times in his uh in the in the power play. He's not a death bowler. Uh he's not he has a good Yorker, but he he is uh, he has been uh, targeted uh, to good effect at the death, uh, particularly with no support from the other end, which was which was a big issue for them for them for them last year. They're a little bit like like Rajasthan; they really struggle with the death bowling. Uh, but yeah, he is um, he is a leader of the attack. He's um, and he'll probably end up leading it alongside Jai Richardson this year, and the two could work out very well together. Um, Shami's um, Shami's pace and his uh, his his Yorker and his ability to move the ball could be. Could be very useful. You know, they start in Mumbai, which is a little bit, which is uh, seem friendly, and then uh, a couple of games in Chennai, and then uh, um, the bulk of the season in in Ahmedabad uh, and and in Bangalore. Don't really know what that Bangalore pitch is going to be like. Uh, Ahmedabad has been has had some pace and carry, uh, not a lot of movement, but it has had some pace and carry in the in the white ball leg of this, uh, or the, well, the T20 leg really of the uh, of the Indian tour of England. But yeah, Mohammad Shami is going to be a a big deal for them and it's something that you know that that part of it was working last year in terms of the power play wicket so they need that and more sure so given if everyone's healthy what's your uh projection for for this group of guys i mean i know you said six eight was you know like it was in, incredibly close that's how that last year's edition of ipl was you think uh you know if a uh, few things go their way they make the cut this year i think if everything works for them and their and their strong links perform um, as, as we know, they can. I think they're definitely playoff contenders. I think Jai Richardson has made a does bring a better balance, better balance to the team. Um, I think they 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 don't have the depth of batting that, that some other sides do, or a few other sides do at least. Um, but they have the they have the strong links. Um, you worry about the weak links, but I think they're they're certainly a good candidate for fourth. I mean, as I say, you know, it, it sounds like a bit of a cop out given how uh, I'm almost saying that almost every team is going to be. Uh, challenging and kind of around that around that bubble, but I can certainly see uh, Punjab Kings finishing fourth. I think uh, that's probably a very reasonable prediction. I mean, uh, I think a lot of you, a lot of listeners would agree. I think they have they have the resources to get it done at least to make the top four. Uh, okay, let's conclude this conversation with the best team in the world in T Twenty format. Let's talk about Mumbai Indians. Did the best get better? I mean, I don't even know where, you know what to say about this group, but the expectations are again to go win a title. So what are their off-season scouting staff did? How did they fare at the auction table? It was only ever going to be tweaking, wasn't it, for, for Mumbai Indians, particularly in a mini-auction. Um, you know, they lost James Pattinson. They brought in Adam Milne. They've retained Nathan Coulter-Nile. 
Um, you know, losing. I mean, they didn't have Lassiter Malinga all season last year, and they didn't miss him, which is pretty remarkable, really. Um, brought in Jimmy Neesham as an option, um, an extra experience spinner. Pius Charlie had a bad year last year for CSK. Um, every time he tossed the ball up, it seemed to go further and further. That incredible game against Rajasthan, where uh, where Sanju Sampson in particular uh, destroyed him. Um, Yudhvira Singh Chadak, uh, who's an uh, sort of, uh, up-and-coming young young fast bowler. Uh, Marco Janssen, the South African, who they've been looking at for a long time, apparently. He's only 20 years old, Marco Janssen. But they've been he's been on their radar for a while. I think he's impressed as a net bowler when... Uh, I was doing some research on him yesterday. Um, that uh, India A toured in 2017, and he was used as a net bowler uh, there. And then when in the Indian senior team toured in 2018, there's this story about how he... You know, beat Virat Kohli on the outside edge three times in a row in these very spicy nets. You know, he's he's a big guy, six foot eight, um, so well over two hundred centimeters uh, tall. If you're using if you're using metric, um, can apparently hit the ball a long way. He's just broken into professional uh, cricket in South Africa and has kind of been around the South African under nineteen teams. You know, I can't really see him playing with the overseas balance. Maybe he gets a game, a few games towards the end of the uh, the tournament. And then, you know, just as a bit of uh, a bit of fun, very last pick of the tournament. Come on, Arjun, Arjun Tendulkar, come on. Uh, uh, which, which is fun, you know, again, you know, someone who probably won't play very much, but is, um, you know, a, you know, there'll always be the cry of nepotism when he carries that name. But, you know, he's from, by all accounts and from what I've read, he is a, um, a decent and worth a punt up and coming cricketer. Um, but there wasn't a huge amount that they had to do, um, to, to be honest, uh, uh, Sakib. Um, Mumbai still look incredibly strong, and I think that it's a good sign where you can basically name for that first for that first game ten of their starting eleven. Yep. Um, and the other, the only one is you know who do they go with uh, as that fourth overseas player, the, the second overseas bowler? Do they go with Milne? Do they go with Coulter Nile? Really, is the is the uh, is the option, or maybe they go with an extra? Given that they're playing their first five games in Chennai, maybe they go with an extra. Spinner and someone like Giant Yadov, who did well coming into the team uh, towards the end of the tournament last year. Rahul Chahed has has kicked on in, uh, uh, a bit. Um, Bolt was excellent for them uh, last year. Having Hardik back fully able to bowl is is a big deal. He didn't it wasn't uh, adding to his fen- that phenomenal death overs partnership with Pollard uh, with the bat. And then Surya and Ishan Kishan have made their. Uh, steps into the Indian team. Probably want a little bit more from Rohit Sharma with the bat. I mean, you know, you know, we know all about his leadership and his uh, and his his class, but he's actually not had a spectacular IPL season. Um, they'll have Quinton de Kock missing for that first game because he'll be quarantining after coming back from South Africa's tour. But you've got Chris Lynn as a good backup option. You know, it's not an ideal matchup, maybe with in Chennai in a in a spinning track, but you know, he's a proven proven cricketer and you know if you want to switch it around you can have Ishan Kishan opening and then bring someone into the middle order so uh, I think that uh and you know and obviously you've got Boomerah um who's a who's a genius um and and Kronal Pandya who's who's coming very well but yeah you can you know uh, as I say you can name nine or ten of their starting eleven uh really for um uh for uh for Mumbai which is a good sign yeah, and again, with this, you know, just six months or seven months gap between the two editions of the tournament, I think there's really not much that will change, at least in terms of playing combination, like you said, and and they are the team to beat. But you did mention about Rohit Sharma and the leadership, and that's a polarizing conversation. I asked Siddharth Monga when he was in the podcast, and uh, I said, you know, and, and we were talking not exactly about Sharma's captaincy, but we were definitely talking about, you know, the resources. And he said, Mumbai Indians may even have more resources than BCCI, you know, for Team India. <laughs> and... Uh, so uh, with that lens, I mean, Roy Sharma has won so many titles and then the Virat Kohli captaincy, you know, in, in, in fan circles always makes uh, makes the topic of discussion. And the two Indian stalwarts are usually paired against each other. And Dhoni used to be the gold standard, but now Roy Sharma's Mumbai Indians are. So you know where I'm going with this. Again, uh, when you talk about Roy Sharma's leadership, uh, how hard it is... Uh, what is even the uh, accurate question? I mean, how hard is the judges' captaincy when this team is so stacked? Or you still have a job to do out there? How do you see this when, uh, you know, a captain gets credit? Uh, this is like, you know, Phil Jackson, the Chicago Bulls, or, you know, some of the storied franchise teams. And of course, cricket has a role of a captain. So unpack it the way you think is more fair when we judge a cricket captain, uh, you know, for his exploits in leading a T20 club, you know, in the richest club. 
the visible part of captaincy is such a small part of what actually happens. And for all of these, you know, I think Mumbai Indians did actually make a sort of behind the scenes sort of all or nothing style or documentary. Um, but you're not going to see from the outside what what goes on and all of those things that go into building a culture uh, of of success that Rohit Sharma has had with this Mumbai Indians team, backed up by Kyron Pollard, who's a, a proven winner and would be absolutely nailed on captain of any other team in this tournament with the exception of CSK and, and, and RCB. Um, the, the, the pitting Kohli and Rohit against each other, I think is a really, is not a question I particularly have much interest in answering or, or really spending too much time on. I think it's, it's, uh, it's reducing things too much to personalities and is um you know the, the the setup at rcb has been i think was rotten for a few years and i don't think that was entirely down to, to virat kohli or even mostly down to virat kohli something was very wrong with the with the leadership and the culture of that uh of that team um you know good players would come in having done very well elsewhere would be inhibited and would be would massively underperform and then they'd go somewhere else and sort of it was like they were getting out of jail almost. Um, uh, but that's that's lessened in the last couple of years, um, and, and I think you know Coley is a particular type of leader, and he does that type of leader very thing very well. Um, Rohit Sharma is a very different type of leader. He's got a better team than 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 Virat Kohli has at, at, at RCB. There's a much better uh, balance, and there's much more. Um, there's there's it's a much healthier culture for for teams to come into um and, and i don't think that's i don't know how much of that is down to the captain to be honest um but you know rohit's rohit's calm and his um and his you know little little tweaks here or there he's a you know he has some of that sort of dhoni rice smile thing um without taking it quite to those uh to those degrees um uh, but it, it it is a it is a phenomenal team and a phenomenal group and it's a and it's a group that you can it, it you know a t a player goes into that who is a good player but not a superstar and will perform close to the best of their ability um the fact that they've been the best t20 team in the world along with the trimbago knight riders and don't have an elite spinner Rahul head is good but he's not elite um is is incredibly impressive and it, it and it's it's no surprise that uh, the guys like Surya and Ishan Kishan and Grinal Pandya uh, and Hardik and Bumrah as well have uh, uh, have have come through that setup and 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 have flourished so much as as they have at their various international uh, levels. But I think it, it's important in the same way that you can love one format of cricket without um, without defining it in opposition to another. I think it's very it's it's very possible and I think necessary to praise. Rohit Sharma and Mahela Jayawardena and Kyron Pollard and the and the Mumbai Indians leadership without uh, using that as a stick with which to beat Virat Kohli. No, no, uh, very, very well said. And I think um, again, my question was again, you know, you're, you're right. You know, there's no fun in you know making those comparisons. I think it's just more from the lens of you know this team because the standards are high and expectations are even higher. So keeping that in mind, I mean, they are the title favorites you know, by a distance. So who who do you expect from this 11 to step up? Now let's make it a different kind of a conversation because this is a very packed lineup and you won't see many tinkering changes here unless there's an injury. So who do you expect to, you know, be uh, be, be the factors this year for, for the continued, you know, dominance if Mumbai goes through the field again? I mean the the big the big names and the and the expected stars, it's um most of the team to be honest. Uh, but um, Ishan Kishan and Surya Kumar Yadav, the Pandya brothers, Kyron Pala, Jasprit Bumrah, um, uh, and everyone and everyone doing their role. I mean, Trent Bolt was excellent last year, uh, bowling at the top and in the power play. Um, may, the Quinton de Kock was very good last year. I, I, you know, ideally would want more from Rohit Sharma, but the fact that he was able to be decent but not outstanding, and they still were the dominant team of last year, is is a testament to their strength. Um, they'll need whoever. Um, whoever is fulfilling the Pattinson role again, bowling in the power play, um, primarily to and in the middle overs to to do that job. Adam Milne had a good big bash uh, this year, um, and is back in the New Zealand team. I think he's probably the 
um the favorite to take that slot colton isle is certainly gives you batting uh options in the in the in the lower order i think he's a little bit um off off top level as a t20 bowler Krinal Pandya had a slightly underwhelming season last year with bat and ball um will they'd like a bit more from him to back up rahul uh Chahed. and then you know they'll have guys like giant yadav coming in when they need him and called roy coming in when they uh when they need him chris lynn um in that in that probably only in that first game um maybe marco jansen if he gets a if he uh gets it gets a few games um to um to rest someone or to or, or to add another uh, other option um but you know in terms of you know guys who they want to do better than last year it's probably only rohit than kronal uh really who they who they could say underperformed a bit against their own standards last year okay so let's wrap this up i'll put you in the block in the toughest question of all will they repeat <laughs> i really can't see who's going to stop them um i think they would have to underperform uh, or someone would have to massively overperform to to stop them certainly topping the group and then probably winning you know things can happen in a one off game but i think they definitely start as as favorites and they um they are the strongest and most coherent team in in the IPL possibly in all of T20 cricket as i say along with the Trinbago Knight Riders um they're they're a phenomenal team right so i think on that note we covered quite a lot thanks for the insights knuckle and uh, let's stay in touch during the IPL and keep coming back to this episode where you made some i think nice observations yeah thank you saki thank you for having me um and thanks for helping me sort of frame my um my my thoughts about the the IPL in a in a few different ways um yeah we'd love to collaborate with you again um through the course of this IPL and beyond mm-hmm.